You're listening to the Team Guru Podcast, bringing to life the theory and principles of leadership. Hello and welcome to the Team Guru Podcast. My name's David Frizzell and like so many of my guests these days, Nicola Morass is a return visitor. Back in episode 113, The Keys to Social Media Success, Nicola convinced us of the importance of being visible on social media, and she gave us some incredibly helpful tips to help us do just that. And she gave us some incredibly helpful tips along the way. This time round, Nicola is here to convince us to take it to the next level. Her thesis is that being visible is just the start. It's now time for us to step into the spotlight. It's the title of her latest book, and she's here to convince us that we should be shooting for the stars. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Nicola Morass. Nicola Morass, welcome back to the Team Guru podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited. You know what I did today? I often do this when I have a second time guest is listen to our first conversation as a bit of preparation for this one. And I listened to our conversation today. For for those of you listening, it's episode 117. It's all about getting online and marketing yourself online. And it was a fun chat. It was super cool. And I made you convince me of the value of being online. I tried to weasel out of it. I don't know if you remember, I was establishing myself as an old man. I'm now even older than I was a year and a half ago. And I was telling you that I see the the separation between LinkedIn and Facebook and, uh, you know, that I should be all, you know, professional on LinkedIn and, and just casual on Facebook. And you were setting me straight on that and, and how to use social media in a smart way. So that was your first book. Your first book was called, hang on, I have it here somewhere. I'm sure you know that your first book was called Visible. And your second book, Into the Spotlight, I'm going to ask you about your journey between book one and book two. But before I do that, I want to tell you about the thrill you gave my nearly three-year-old daughter when your book arrived because it's pink. It's bright pink. (laughs) It's fluorescent pink. So Sophie is about to turn three. And when anyone asks her, "What what do you want for your birthday, Sophie? She just says pink. Pink and purple. Oh, beautiful. Not, not, not an actual thing, just the color. So your bright pink book was a real hit when it turned up to my house. But tell me, Nicola, what was the journey for you professionally between your first book, Visible, and your second book, Into the Spotlight? Mm, good question. So I wrote Visible in 2018 and was very much the culmination, I mean, both these books are the culmination of my experience in the industry putting these strategies and tools to use personally and also with clients over the years as well. It's so interesting that while writing Visible and and then that was like getting those copies in my hand, probably with the same level of excitement as Sophie opening up the pink book was Visible. I was like, oh, my gosh, like I'm a, it's really happened. It's actually happening. But then as with, as with lots of things, I started having these other ideas Ideas. I'm like, oh man, I should have put that in there. And oh, nuts. Like, why didn't I include that? And I started testing a process actually that I had not learned from anybody. It was just something that I was testing out for me with creating 
a framework. So those of the people who know me know me for my love of structure and my love of talking in flow. <laughs> so I have all of the words, but I really love this dance between structure and flow. And so I started playing with this process towards the end of 2018, Visible had already been written, and I started applying into my own positioning, into my own content creation and started to get really great feedback and and more visible engagement, I suppose. And so I started testing it with clients as well. And the confidence that they had from using this process was just phenomenal. The results that they had was amazing. And so I was I tested that out, built out the plan for Into the Spotlight, and so I wrote a book about it because I believe that the processes and the, the way that I learned to think and, and the way that it kind of settled in, which I think doesn't really happen until you start to write, all of it just sort of like settled in. It's like this: every, every business owner needs to know how to do this. So there's elements that of things that I hadn't included in Visible that are now in Into the Spotlight, as well as the process that I sort of took myself through and then clients through to get results online. So that's it's the that journey. an amazing phenomena, <laughs> isn't it? When you think you know something, you think you've got something oh. straight in your head, but then when you sit down and go to write it out, whether it's a blog or I've never written a book, but you have, I'm sure the experience is the same. You kind of come to realize that your thoughts aren't complete, or maybe the connection between the different concepts you've dreamed up isn't complete yet. And you've got to work through that through the writing process. It's an amazing educational experience just within yourself, the writing process. Well, well done on a second book. Writing one book is is fantastic. Writing two is twice as good. And I love the link in the thesis between your two books. You're taking your reader, if they stick with you for both books, on a journey through understanding the basics in your first book about being online and marketing online, why it's important, how you should try and use the different social media platforms. You do all of that convincing really well. And you taught me a lot about marketing online. I've implemented almost none of it, Nicola, which is a completely different story, (laughs) but I learned a lot conceptually. (laughs) (laughs) And then in your second book, Into the Spotlight, it's got all of these subtitles splashed across the front cover, like step up your online visibility, become a rock star in your industry and make your business thrive. Look, I love the third, the sound of the third one, make your business thrive. And I think I know the answer, but I want you to convince me of why should I, why should our listeners right now think, okay, it should be my goal to be the rock star of my industry. Because your first podcast with me, we we just got started convincing people that you needed to be online. And that was yeah. enough of a leap for some people. And I got feedback about that podcast to say as much. It made a lot of sense. They agreed with it. You were very convincing. But as you said, through that podcast and through your book, it's about stepping outside of your comfort zone. So that was the first book. And now all of a sudden you're saying it's not enough to step outside of your comfort zone and get online. Now your goal is to be the rock star of your industry uh, get me across the line on that, Nicola. <laughs> well, if you think about if becoming a rock star of your industry means that you can help more people, 
right? So visibility and, and what visible was all about is, is you hit it on the head. It was really about the basics. You've got to get out there. You've got to use, you've got to be online and it's, you know, it's just what you need to do if you, if you want to be successful in business, in my opinion, in these, in the days, in the days that we're living in. However, there are more and more people coming into the industry, the industry being your industry and all of your listeners' industries. There are more marketers, there's more podcast people, there's more coaches, there's more psychologists, there's more, there's like so many people going online and that's amazing and I am so excited and happy about that. It's brilliant. But the thing that happens is that everyone, because you're, when you're starting out, we start to look at what other people are doing and we start to emulate them. And so all of a sudden you've got this sea of sameness. You look online and I know that Everybody does this. We'll talk about Facebook particularly because it's the the easiest place to sit and scroll for, on average, what the data shows are 40 minutes a day. So you're sitting there scrolling on Facebook and you see person after person and everyone starts to blend in. And what we need is we need a pattern interrupt that comes in out of left field. It's like, hey, look at me in, you know, a really great way. Hey, look at me. I'm amazing at what it is that I do. Here is my thoughts, my thinking, my processes, my the way that I do what I do. And I mean, we don't go out and say this, this is what the, the pattern interrupt does on our behalf. And it stops people in their tracks. So, and you can't do that if you're trying to look the same as everybody else. You're just going to blend in, be part of the crowd. You'll be just another podcast person, just another coach, just another author, just another candle maker, like whatever it happens to be. And you've gone and been really brave and you've gone and put yourself out there online. And then the next thing that happens is that people go, well, crap, that was a waste of time because nobody's listening. No one's watching. No one's responding. No one's freaking engaging. All these platforms just keep asking me for more and more money to boost my post and put it in front of more people and to do this and do that. They're all getting rich and, you know, controlling controlling the visibility of what it is that you do, but you don't have to go down that track. I mean, you can, but you don't have to. And really, to me, the whole premise around stepping into the spotlight is being really brave, being really courageous, but most importantly, being you and being your version of a rock star. You know, it's not about trying to be like Freddie Mercury or Lady Gaga in a meat dress and, you know, create splash like that. It can be the, like the gentle tones of James Blunt type rock status, but it really is about you owning who you are, owning your personality and finding elements within that combined with your intellectual property and using that to just it be captivating and engaging online. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> good. No, good. You've, you've got me partway there. And you've made me think of when I'm watching TV sometimes, we, we do a pretty good job these days of avoiding ads. You know, we can record the shows we want to record and skip through the ads, or we can just watch it on Netflix and not watch any ads at all. But occasionally I see a, a set of ads and they work because when my kids are just, you know, milling around, but the ads come on, they all stop. They're stunned by the ads and just stare at the TV because those commercials, they're, you know, whether they're 15 seconds or 30 seconds or whatever they are, 
they know that you are essentially scrolling through your TV and there are ad, there is ad after ad, and theirs has got to be different and it's got to grab your attention. And the way they try and grab your attention is with big loud sounds or very colorful lights, quick moving things, fast talking, emotive language, all of that kind of really obvious stuff. But what I'm hearing come from you is that, yeah, Facebook's a bit the same. And if you're trying to sell your wares on Facebook, whatever that might be, right from, you know, candlestick, as you said before, to selling professional services and everything in between, you are just going to blend in with everyone else. So what I'm plucking from your thesis is that, yeah, you've got to be online and that's step one. And you've got to, you've got to be convinced of that, the need to be visible. But once you do that, it's not okay just to do it. Even though that was a massive step out of your comfort zone, because it is for most people, it's not okay just to put stuff out there because you think it's a big deal and it's about you. So surely that will work because you're entering this marketplace that is flooded with other content, just like yours, unless you make it special. And you know the era of podcasters and bloggers and authors there's one person getting rich out of all that, and his name's Mark Zuckerberg. That, <laughs> exactly. that ability to boost your post. Just spend 10 bucks on that post and it will reach X number of people more. He's the guy who's really getting rich. We're all just trying to make a living. But it's a very interesting thing. So tell us some of the success stories you've had, Nicola, when you've got a client, whether they're a, a, you know, a, a single person, a sole trader type, or a small business or a large organization, whoever it is, tell us about a success story of of a person or an organization who who worked on that concept of being visible, that, that was step one, and they stepped out of their comfort zone and they started doing stuff. And even though it was a big deal for them, it was just stuff. And then you took them to the next level and convinced them that it wasn't enough just to put stuff online. It actually has to be good. It has to be the best version of you so you get people's attention. Give us a success story. Yeah. The first person that comes to mind as you're you're talking about this is a lady by the name of Gerda, and she's a psychologist, so clinical psychologist, and she is just amazing, built a a seven-figure private practice and wanted to really help, saw a big gap in the market with other psychologists and developing and building their own private practices and being successful because, I mean, like any like many very well-educated humans out there, you get taught how to do what it is that you do really, really well, but you don't get taught how to run a business. And so, and the allied health industry is just diabolical in terms of the, the churn and burn. So, to try and retain people in the industry is really important. So, when she started working with me, she knew that she needed to start getting out there online, but like lots of allied health professionals particularly, you know, they don't like to be the hero. They don't like being front and centre. They're very happy to sort of sit in the background and let people do what it is that they do. So she took this really big leap with putting herself out there, started doing blogging and pod, not podcasting, sorry, doing like Facebook live streams and, and this type of thing. And she started doing really, really well. And so I threw this challenge at her actually early last year, so early 2019, and I just said, look, I wonder what would happen if you started looking at stepping into the spotlight in this different way because what she was finding, like lots of our industries, there are more and more people coming in with a whole lot less experience and blatantly copying (laughs) 
put it bluntly, blatantly copying what people are doing. So they're like, oh, well, that looks like what that, you know, Gert is doing that really well. Let's just go copy her. facade. Right? And it's not modeling. It's flat out copying. And it was really interesting. And she said, like, this is becoming a problem. And I said, well, how about we do this? And we stepped through the Into the Spotlight model and pulled out the way of of thinking of things a little bit differently, inserting her personality through it and things like that. And she turned around and said, look, this is like a treasure chest. Like nobody is going to be able to catch me. It's just so exciting with the types of content that she's able to, that she now creates. I think she said she put up a post the other day saying she's, I don't know, 100 times her investment with working together. It's just, I mean, from a financial perspective, it's it's insane. She put on a massive event, a four-day event that was supposed to be in person actually, but COVID. Yeah, of course. Really, quick, really quickly pivoted to doing that online and had hundreds of people in the industry there. Multi-speaker event was a huge success. And a huge part of that was embracing this need to be online and then really going, all right, well, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to do this, and we didn't have the language back then when we when we worked through the process, we said, you know, if I, if I have to be in front, if I have to be leading, if I have to be into the spotlight, then you've got to be ahead of the game. So she's just done amazingly. So what I'm what I'm hearing there though is there's no shortcut to this. The the secret to her success and her ability to outrun the competition online who were mimicking what experienced people were doing. The secret to her eventual ability to step up and be in the spotlight is that she had a, an enormous amount of experience. She had the content sitting beneath her that she just needed to show the world. So there's no shortcut to this. That's what I'm reading into that story. There's no shortcut to this, but you don't have to have experience to be able to pull all of this stuff together. You've got to be, I mean, the the basic rules of integrity are you've got to be able to do what you do. You've got to be able to help people with what it is that you're putting out there. And if you can't really deliver on what you're doing, then, you know, don't do it. So, you know, that, there's that. But you can be a brand new startup business and you can still go from going, all right, making that switch from going, all right, I'm going to go and be visible to then going and stepping in and choosing to own that spotlight, you can do that whether you're, you've been in the industry for six months or six years or 60 years. It doesn't matter because it's about pulling out your own way of thinking and who you are, marrying that with your experience, your life experience, your personal experience, your work experience, and using that as the pivot. So we really, in, in, in this book, and with Gerda, for example, and everybody else who have, who have used these strategies, it's this joint effort between leveraging your personality and who you are and combining that with what you do versus just leading with what you do. Because if you're always leading with what you do, then you're fighting on price, you're fighting on product, you're fighting, you're fighting on, on, on delivery. Whereas, you know, people choose to follow you, David, because of who you are, not only the content. So that's the beauty of, of really choosing to do it in this way. So it's about letting your personality seep through the work that you do, not just delivering straight content, but allowing your personality to flavor that. That's good. I'm getting that. All right. Now, a few times now you've mentioned the into the spotlight process that you take your clients through of 
Of course, we don't have time in a podcast to go through all of the ins and outs, but if you could give us some of the highlights, what's the general direction that people could be thinking as they try and take themselves on a journey like this? Yeah. The first part with anything is to not jump to the thing that we think is the fix. <laughs> Most people will go, oh, I need to be visible. Okay, look quickly, let's go throw some stuff up on Facebook. Let's go work on my photos positioning. Photos of myself. That's right. No, don't do that yet. The first thing that I always, always start off with everyone, whether they're startup, whether they're experienced, it doesn't matter. It's about really working on who you are, really bedding down your confidence. It's kind of like the way that I, the way that I like to think about it. It's like wherever you are right now, if you imagine that you're singing in the shower and you could have the best voice on the, on the face of the planet, we've got to develop that confidence for you to get out of the shower and actually let people hear it. And that can be a huge mindset thing because you've got imposter syndrome. We've got what will they think of me? We've got what will my family say and all of that kind of stuff. So really work on nailing your mindset and your confidence first. And then the next step is making sure that you really know who your audience is. And I know every marketer says that, and I know it's like marketing 101 and it's very boring and banal, but in the reality, like this is so important because if you don't know who your audience is, then you run the risk of things landing flat. You run the risk of not being heard. You run the risk of not being seen. And then if we come back to step one, that erodes all of our mindset and our confidence to try and do it again. So if you can really work out who it is specifically you want to help, you want to work with, you want to buy, who do you want to buy your stuff and get crystal clear on what their problems are, what their goals are, what their secret dreams and desires are. The trick here though, the trick, the secret source, whatever you want to call it, is not only thinking about the thing that you want to sell at the end of the day to that person. You've really got to look at these people in a, in a holistic fashion. So think about their relationships, what problems are, they, are going on in their household, what's going on with their families, what's going on with their health, their mindset, their soul, their, you know, as, as a whole person. Because otherwise what happens is that we're only trying to talk to one facet of people, but we know that some of the things that will stop us in our news feeds, we were talking about pattern interrupts earlier, might be the photo of a dog. I've been painting today and I've got paint all over me. It's hilarious. And some of the photos that I'll put up of me painting get the best responses compared to, you know, this is how you build a block. <laughs> like, you guys, this is hilarious. Do you want team and leadership development programs that actually work? Contact Team Guru today so we can start the conversation. And that, that is interesting, isn't it? And that's a human trait that we want it's like when we were kids at school, we wanted to like our teacher. We wanted to know things about them and their household. We wanted to know the names of their kids and what their husband or wife's name was. We, we were interested in what they did on the weekend. I guess it's the same when you give someone a bit of power in your life online because you read their blog and you find their intellect engaging, their knowledge of, of their subject area engaging. There's something about that that makes us want to know more about them. Now, I bet if you started taking photos of yourself painting and only posted that and stopped posting blogs about your professional knowledge, you'd lose your audience. So the balance has got to be, it's totally. got to be pretty right there 
but I totally understand what you mean. My producer is always talking to me about he would like me to give more of my personality, not necessarily in the interviewing, but in the way in in what we place around the podcast. And I've just I've I've always resisted that, but I know it's the right thing to do because of what we've just talked about. And and you've proven that in your own experience. And and as I look back, you know, you know, not just teachers, but in anyone we have, we give power to in our life. We are interested in them as people. It's the same reason we're interested in the royal family and their their marriages and their their family scandals and Hollywood stars and everyone. The the concept of celebrity, we don't just care when they're in the movie that we're watching. We care when they're getting married and divorced and overdosing and going to rehab and all of those things. Do you post your rehab photos? Um, well, <laughs> I, 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 I can't really comment on that. <laughs> it's, each to, it's each to their own. But something, it, while we were just talking about that, what it made me think about, David, you know, you, you opened up the podcast today talking about your daughter, who's four, and her name was Sophie. And I have three children. They are older than four. But what it took me back to was I've got two daughters and they were absolutely enthralled with everything pink, like pink bedrooms, pink cover, pink quilts, you know, pink cups, like pink everything. So what that did is it created connection for me. Like it, it helped. And you're, you're a master at creating rapport on here. And this is exactly what we need to do online, which is why you need to know who your audience is. You've, you've got to find that, that connection. And some people who, who may not have children might have kind of glazed over at the, at the Sophie connection. But then when you started talking about your producer, they're like, oh, yeah, I've got a producer. And, yeah, they've said the same thing. So, you know, this is why audience is so important. And it's why when we then get into step three, which is using your personality combined with your knowledge to create really powerful intellectual property, it's kind of like the trifecta. Because when you've got your content there and it's talking to your audience and it's connecting and it's creating rapport, that then feeds back into that first step we were talking about, about the confidence and having the mindset to keep going. And so it, it ends up being this sort of like self-fueling system. And that's when the magic happens. Like that's when you really start to be seen as the rock star in your industry, not because you're out there in your meat dress like Lady Gaga, but because they, your audience start to see you as being a real human with, you know, being somebody who is acting and operating from a place of integrity. You're letting them a little bit behind the curtain and, and you're able to create connection. And it makes us all realize that we're actually not all perfect, that we don't expect them to be perfect, that we're not perfect. And, you know, we need more of that. Now, I'm going to give an example here that I remember from childhood. And I want, while I'm saying it, I want you to half listen and half think of an awesome example that you've seen online recently where you've seen someone let their personality ooze through their work so we get a sense of them, not just their knowledge. So I'm sports mad, always have been. And when I was a kid, I watched cricket 24-7 if I could. And you always watching the cricket and hearing the commentators. And you know how much of a thrill it was when occasionally, and it only happened a few times a summer, they would turn the cameras into the commentary box and you could see the people who were commentating. You could see the chairs they were sitting in, 
the types of microphones they spoke into, what they really looked like, what their surroundings looked like, how close they were together, the fact that while they were on air behind them, a whole bunch of other people were standing and watching as well. And that was so intriguing to me. It's not why I watched the cricket, and I wouldn't have kept watching if they stopped playing the cricket and just showed that, but I found it so intriguing. It made me want more. And that's a really strong memory, and you, what you've just talked about there reminds me of that. But your job is much harder. Give us an example of where you've seen someone really effectively online let their personality kind of jump jump out at you, and that complements the work that they do. Yeah. The example is not an online example, but it's a recent example. It was the AFL Grand Final. Play it up, as we know, in on the Gold Coast <laughs> as opposed to in it Victoria. It wasn't on the Gold Coast. It was and in Brisbane. Correction, correction. Oh, sorry, it was not on the Gold bad. Coast. It was correction. in the heart of no. Brisbane. Look, anywhere that is not Victoria is because <laughs> I live in Victoria. Like, you're all dead to me. Really? <laughs> yes, I'm very dirty. No, no. The, what got me is like we we watch the grand final, we, we watch the grand final every year and I always love it after the whole awards ceremony is all done but there was this really amazing scene of Gary Ablett with his wife and his child and you could just see this, you know, that they've all played their hearts out, they've left their soul on the field and then there was just this moment of connection and you could see that he was a bit emotional, but he was just all in his family in that moment. And then they, he was the guard of honour and, and they walked him off. And I'm not a huge football person and I'm not a Gary Ablett fan. I'm not like I don't, I don't, I'm a Hawks person because my husband's all Hawthorne. So for me, I was like, I'm like oh, you know, it's kind of cool. And, and then to see that though, it captured me and I, I believed him. And I was like, that's really cool. And then the next day and that night, social media, obviously like the dominating social media were these moments, these photos of capturing him and his family. And I thought that is just, you know, all heart. And I really respect that. I thought that was really, really cool. So it's not a business example, but it's the, the fastest one that I could capture in my head while while you were talking. And I think it is that behind the scenes kind of realness and integrity that we're all craving to see because we've all been pummeled with BS, <laughs> to put it bluntly, online for years. So I think it's really important for people to be able to see your heart. All right. Now, we're going to finish in a few minutes and you're going to give your your, cop, your top couple of tips to people who have bought into this concept. They're listening. They're thinking, okay, I am online. I do promote my wares online, but I'm probably not standing out. I'm probably not the rock star of my industry. We're going to get a couple of top tips of how to get started on that. But before we do that, I love this question. Clangers, what not to do? If I have bought into your concept and I want to show my humanness through my work, what are some clangers to avoid? I remember we had a great conversation first time around about clangers the kind of hitting on approach that to LinkedIn that you get. You know, someone requests you as a connection and then before you know it, there's something in your inbox saying, hey, I'd love to connect. I'd, I'd love to have a phone call, you know, blah, 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 sell, sell, sell. Tell us what the clangers are in this space, in the becoming a, a rock star in your industry. The <laughs> It's funny that you bring the LinkedIn one up because it still happens to this day and it drives me, it oh, just still terrible. drives me nuts. It's getting worse. 
It is. It is. the And on Facebook, it's not so much the spamming through the messages these days. It's just getting randomly added to these, you know, tea towel groups and <laughs> like, like northern beach groups that I'm like in Victoria in the middle of nowhere. There's no beach near me. I wish there was. You know, so that's a definite no. Just everything needs to be permission-based. Everything needs to be permission-based. So don't go adding people in and spamming people. I think the other big thing to not do is just don't, I think it's just general courtesy more than anything, but a lot of people seem to miss it. Don't follow your competitors because their stuff seeps in to yours. Even if you don't mean to, it, it can it can sit in the back of your unconscious mind and then, you know, the next thing you do, you're out there sprouting someone else's stuff unintentionally or intentionally in some instances, but it's just, just go and shut out the noise. Don't get distracted. It's really easy to get distracted. So get in, get out, do what you need to do. Uh, I can imagine that work makes sense intuitively. The idea that you, to reach a, a level of competence where you're, you're wanting to put yourself out there because you can do something well enough to sell it, you probably need to tap in the other experts that are around the place. But at some point, you've got to kind of stop listening to the other people that because they're competitors now. They're not people that you look up to anymore because you know as much as they do. And by following them, you might just be stealing their words. You know, I had a really similar experience to that. One of my mates told me about a podcast that he really liked. And I listened to this guy, the podcast, and I was really impressed with the way he was interviewing. And I thought, geez, that guy's tidy. He's he's neat and to the point. I thought I could do that a bit more. I could be a bit neater and to the point. And I was talking to someone else about it and said, no, but sometimes you get on your rambling stuff and that's why I listen to you because I get a little bit of insight into you and and that's your thing. So don't copy that guy because he was neat and to the point. So I saw in this guy something that I thought I was missing, but then was pretty quickly pulled back by a, a listener and who's a, who's a friend of mine. So I, I totally get what you mean. But early in my days, of course, I needed to listen to other podcasters or other interviewers to understand the basics. But then once you get to a certain point, you've just got to do it for yourself. All right. I like that. That's good advice. But it doesn't mean I'm going to stop listening to podcasts altogether because I love them. <laughs> now, Nicola, what are your top few things? How many are you going to give us these nuggets of gold for people who are convinced by your thesis and want to get started tomorrow? I reckon that there are three really key things that you can just do. And the first one is to just own it. And I'm not talking fake it till you make it. It's very much an own it in terms of where you want to be. And we're so, we're so diplomatic and we're so apologetic about the things that we want or where we want to go. And the thing that when I'm thinking about owning it being the top tip is just own your goal, own what it is that you want, and then also own what the consequence of that is going to be, which of course means that you're going to be able to help more people. You're going to be reaching more people, inspiring, motivating, selling, you know, whatever, helping more people. That's that. So number one is own it. Is that kind of like being unapologetic about your pursuit of being the star in your industry? owning it and knowing what your goals are, being willing to wear the consequence and just being comfortable in the fact that I am pursuing the spotlight. I do want to be known. I want people to talk about me. I want my name to be recognized in this industry. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely being unapologetic about that. 
We've got a really big problem in this country in particular with tall poppy syndrome and, you know, people trying to bring you down or, you know, you, 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 are you sure you really want that? You don't need millions of dollars. You don't need to have a national podcast. You don't need to go to international speaking events. You know, you don't need this. And people are very quick to be very, very critical. So, yeah, absolutely be unapologetic. And that ties into the second top tip, which is be very clear about who you're surrounding yourself with and that those people are really helpful. So, what I mean by that is like I, I, they don't have to be helpful in the sense of, you know, blowing hot air up your backside every, every day, but you want to have the right people around you who are going to support you because if you're going out there and you're owning it and you're being unapologetic and you're stepping into your spotlight and you're doing all of this, you are going to create waves. You're going to have days where you don't want to show up. And that's really where these key people around you need to be there, be it mentors, friends, peers, and strategically placed people in in your world. And then the third thing, it's really just, just don't give up. Like, there are knocks that you are likely to come up with along the way. Everything will not always work. It's just business and life and the reality of things, in my opinion. And if we think about some of the keys to influence, being persistence and social proof, you know, if you can nail those two where you are consistently showing up, you're letting people see you, you will win. (laughs) But like Pantene says, you know, it won't happen overnight, but it will happen. It's just, I see so many people tap out far too quickly and it's really devastating because they're freaking awesome and the world needs them. Like we need those people out there, but you just, it's like that, you know, that, that picture of the two miners and there's one miner on the top that's digging for the diamond and turns around and walks the other way. And there's the miner underneath that just does that extra hit and hits the diamond you know, just keep going. You know, you can't lose. I think someone wrote a book called Three Feet from Gold, all around that concept. You know, that I really relate to that point, that third one, don't give up. The The first one was own it, own your goal and the consequences and be unapologetic. The second was be very clear about surrounding yourself with people who are helpful and supportive. And number three was don't give up. So Nicola, I'm up to episode 140 plus of this podcast. I've been putting them out for two weeks like clockwork since 2015, my first couple of podcasts got less than 200 listens. And then after a few months, I was getting 200, 300 listeners each podcast. And here we are just over five years later. Uh, My last podcast, I think, got just under 30,000 listens and they all are on over the 20,000 mark. And it would have been so easy to give up after a while. And and it's been, you know, the numbers have been really good for a few years now. But I look back at those early podcasts that were just as good as any I put out these days that had so few listens. And I wonder actually what kept me going. No, you know, because knowing that there weren't too many people out there listening, the truth is I, I would do it if I just had a five loyal listeners. I would still probably do it. But it's amazing what sticking at it can do. Just the building of an audience and it doesn't need to be podcast or can be blogs or you know what whatever it is that you're selling. It's easy to give up, 
but it's so rewarding to stick at it and then from some point look back and go, wow, look how far I've come. Isn't that amazing? Because it doesn't happen overnight. Anyone you've seen on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram who who you think, wow, look at this big star that I've only just noticed. You know, they, they weren't always a big star and you just noticing them is just one more piece of their building towards the numbers that you see on their profile. It's um, It's just patience and hard work and sticking to it. Exactly. 100%. And you're right, you know, the, the overnight success is built over 10 years or 20 years or five years or, you know, whatever. It's, it's I love how Angela Duckworth in her book Grit talks about it and how Brené Brown talks about the power of resilience and, and keeping going. And, and I think that's a lot of, you know, if we look at the three, the three major points that we've talked about in this last bit, it's really about making sure that the people around you are reminding you of how freaking badass you are. Because, you know, if, if you're, everyone else is happy to, you know, when I say everybody else, everybody else is happy to kind of like dabble and whatever. But if you're really going to go for it. Give up quickly. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, it's a testament to your courage and, and it takes grit and persistence. And that's the thing about your message. You know, it's not for everyone. Even if everyone kind of bought into it and did it at their best, not everyone can be in the spotlight. You're kind of laying the groundwork for the, those few who will follow through, do all the hard work, speak to empty rooms, post things that don't get noticed, to eventually working it all out, working out their way and having some success. Not everyone will do that. And and are you aware of that when when you're going through the process of writing this novel and talking with your clients that not everyone can be the rock star of their industry by definition? Yeah, it's a really interesting thing. I believe that all of my clients and all of my readers could absolutely be the rock star of their industry because they're amazing. But I do hear what you're saying. And I think the thing that's really really devastating just in in business in general are the, are the the numbers are against you from the get go 95% of businesses don't make it past the first 2 years and and of the remaining 5% half of them don't make it to the 5 year mark so you're already like for you to to still be here doing this 5 years on is freaking awesome there's so we've got those stats and then the other statistics say that if you put 100 people in a room you can give them the plan to a million dollars. You can give them the strategy. You can give them the tactics. You can give them the support. You can give them everything. 5% of people will do something with that. 5%. Hmm. So that's devastating. The thing that I look at is if I've got those 5% of the people in the room that are going to do something with my staff, you get everything. Like, you, I mean, everybody gets everything. You're going to get my all. But I want, I think every business owner, every business owner without, exception should be doing the visibility work and the into the spotlight work so that you can so that we can maybe change those statistics because having your own business and being on an entrepreneur and having the freedom and the choice and the flexibility and the lifestyle and to be able to have the impact that we're having I don't know like I don't think anything sets your soul on fire quite like that I think we need more of that in the world Totally agree, Nicola. And it is up to our listeners now. Are they going to be one of the 5%? You've given them the tools. We've pumped them full of motivation. You've told them what's on the other side. It's all up to them to see what they do with it now. And of course, they can read your book and contact you for guidance. And all of that is super valuable that there's still a whole bunch of intrinsic motivation that's required. 
Nicola Morass, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you back on the podcast. Thanks for the visit. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime. And that was Nicola Morass. She's pretty convincing, huh? I love the central point she was making. Don't be scared. In fact, make it your goal to inject your personality into the ideas you share on social media. And those gold nuggets, number one, own it. Be unapologetic. Number two, surround yourself with supportive people. And number three, don't give up. Becoming an overnight success takes some serious toil. As always, I'll share the lessons I took from my conversation with Nicola on the Lessons Learned page for this podcast. You'll find it along with the entire back catalogue of Team Guru podcasts on our website. That's teamswithans.guru forward slash podcast. Connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud or LinkedIn and join me for the next episode on this, my mission to bring to life the theory and principles of leadership. This is David Frizzell for Team Guru. Bye for now. Bye for now.